We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Wow, some breaking golf news in the district. Live Golf. This is per WTOP, maybe InsideNova.com. I guess it's not per really anybody because the Live Golf Tour announced. You ready for this, B? Yeah, they're playing at what's called? They're playing at Trump National. Yeah, that came out. They're calling that Sterling? Yeah, that came out Sunday or Monday. Is that Sterling? Yeah, Sterling. Okay. I, w- I would have thought that's like Great Falls or something, but I guess it's so far out west. Um, Live Golf playing at Trump. Let's let the Live Golf people know something, Brian. Should you want a midday sports radio show out there, B. Mitch and Finley take live golf money. Does that sound accurate? Yeah. <laughs> who's, who's our guy that set us up at Avenel? Dylan? Yeah. Dylan, get on the phone, bro. All right. Um, Wednesday during the season, we do power rankings. But Wednesday in the offseason, at least until free agency gets going and things start to change, we're doing Mock Draft Wednesday. Let's go with it. Now, this is cool. I, I, I want to salute this author, Josh Edwards. Enterprising young man, Josh Edwards. The Mock Draft game, and I know enough about this from my days running the digital desk at the old Comcast Sportsnet Mid-Atlantic. God, how many names did that place have in our time over there? A ton of them. <laughs> It was a ton of CSN, man. Comcast Sports, Washington, Comcast Sports, Baltimore. Home Team Sports was way back. Yeah. I saw it then. I, I interned at Home Team yeah, Sports. Home Team Sports, CSN, Comcast Sports Net. Um, then they tried to divide Baltimore and Washington. Then they C- went to Mid-Atlantic. CSN, yeah, Mid-Atlantic. It, it was Washington, CNN, Mid-Atlantic. Then they went to NBC. And even that changed a little bit. Because it was NBC Mid-Atlantic, maybe, and then it became NBC Sports Washington. Mm-hmm. And um, then it, it's no longer. Now, no, it's, now it's NBC Sports Washington. No, it ain't. Yeah, it is. Miami Middle. The official name. When you watch a Wizards game, you're watching NBC Sports Washington. That's right now. Yeah. That's going to change. Probably. All that's changing. <laughs> um, but what I know about the mock draft game is it's all about SEO. It's all about search engines. So shout out to Josh Edwards and CBSSports.com. Why? When you at, when you put draft, mock draft, hit they popped up. A bunch of them pop up. What differentiated this one? My man already has a mock draft reflective of the Sean Payton Broncos Saints trade. That's a laser worthy. Well done, Josh Edwards. Josh Edwards says the availability of quarterbacks often encourage movement in the draft order. We also, what do we also know since we discussed the draft last week? Albert Breer, did we ever track that audio down, Landini? Albert Breer, via Rich Eisen, said he believes the Bears are going to stay with Justin Fields and therefore the number one pick is available via trade. All right. Someday, not today, because I need to gather all my thoughts. I'm going to tell you why I think the commanders should try 
to go get the number one pick? How much are they going to take? Do they have enough to go get it? Yeah, they have enough. They have the picks. Yeah, they have the picks. I mean, perhaps you have a glut of defensive end. Like, you got options. Mm-hmm. You have a really good receiver that's probably underutilized if you want to run the ball all the time that's on the last year of a fairly team-friendly deal. You got some options. Mm-hmm. But that's not for today. That's a tease for another day. In Josh Edwards, CBS Sports' latest mock draft, he's got the Panthers trading up to number one to take Bryce Young, Bama quarterback, who was very generously listed at six foot one ninety-four. Five ten and a half. Yeah. Five ten one eighty is my guess. Now you can bulk up, but you ain't gonna grow. Um Josh Edwards writes, Carolina traded up to number three overall and then to number one overall. It is a similar model that Philly used to select Carson Wentz in 2016. Philly sent players, including Kiko Alonso, the number 13 overall selection of Miami, in exchange for the eighth pick. Then it flipped that to Cleveland for the number two pick. With the number one overall selection, the Panthers select Bryce Young. All right. Pick two, D'Amico Ryan's first pick as a head coach. Houston Texans, what would you do? He's taking a, somebody on the defense. This says he's taking C.J. Stroud, quarterback out of Ohio State, mm. who in his last game looked really good. That college football playoff game against Georgia? And Stroud has the size you want for an NFL passer. He's 6'3", 220. So in two years in NFL program, he's going to be 6'3", 235, all muscle. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Stroud could be really good. I would take Bryce. I would move up for Bryce, but I think Stroud could be really good. Pick three, this is the Bears moving back. They take Will Anderson, an absolute freak on the edge. That he is. From Bama. Pick four, your boy Jim Ursay. We don't even know who the head coach is going to be. What do you think the Colts are doing on a mock draft Wednesday? They need a quarterback. I don't know. Would you like Will Levis? I also want to call him Levi's. I know that's not it, but it's spelled L-E-V-I-S. Have we gotten a B-Mitch take on Levis yet? Mm-mm. When are you going to drop that on us? Probably won't. You can't watch a little Will Levis tape? Probably not. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> also, have we gotten a B-Mitch take on Levi's? Yeah, how do you feel about Levi's? I haven't worn them since I was in high school. What is your gene of choice? What is your denim of choice? Uh, I wear different things, but... I do different stuff now. I don't know necessarily. Today I'm wearing Peter Millar pants, which are quite comfortable. Yeah. What kind of pants are you wearing? Don't know. Just little joggers. Yeah, they, they, are those your barstool joggers? No, nah, not the barstools. These aren't barstools. So that is now three quarterbacks in the top four in this mock draft. Um, the Broncos had to trade away their first rounder, the fifth overall pick, to the Seahawks for the alien that invaded Russell Wilson's body. They got them taking Jalen Carter, who I think will be an absolute stud in the NFL, interior D lineman. Um, scroll down. Let's find out the next first tackle off the board going to Vegas in Skaronsky, big boy out of Northwestern. A um, couple more edge rushers. Let's scroll down to old pick number 16. Come on, Manders. Let's see what we got. How about this? This is pretty interesting. Mm-hmm. So 
the Packers have the 15th pick and the Commanders have the 16th pick. In this mock draft, CBS Sports has the Seahawks trading back up to 15 to take Anthony Richardson, quarterback out of Florida, 6'4", 230, huge arm, great runner, but just raw as hell. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, he's coming out as a redshirt sophomore. He he sprays the ball. Like, I mean, it, it's I love this dude as a prospect, but you need a situation where maybe he doesn't have to play right away, and yeah. I think that could really serve him. And mm-hmm. assuming they can get a deal done with Gino, that could be a pretty great situation for Richardson to land in Seattle with a, a winning team, um, a winning culture. But, damn, he completed 53% of his passes this past year in Florida. Mm-hmm. Uh, 17 touchdowns against nine picks. He he ran a ton. He had a, a 650 yards on the ground with another nine touchdowns. Yeah, I build a talent to run him when they get to the next level. Yeah, Florida had some talent too. But, yeah, I think. They had no super, super talent like talking about. And then this, I've seen this pick a lot. Um, there's a few different corners in the draft, but this has Devin Witherspoon, who is a cornerback from the Washington Huskies, going to the Commanders at 16. On the board there is also Joey Porter Jr. from Penn State. Obviously, the pedigree there with, with his father. Mm-hmm. Um, corners are going early in this thing, but quarterback's obviously the story. Uh, I wonder what New Orleans does now with the additional draft picks. Um, I mean, it's still bananas that the Eagles are in the Super Bowl and get to have the 10th overall pick. I mean, they're smart. Yeah. they they This mock draft, CBS Sports, has the Eagles taking a corner. I mean, they already have arguably have the best secondary in the NFL, but I wonder if Darius Slay... Well, they may have to move some money, move, well, move away from some guys. They may have just up. signed when the Giants released Bradbury. They may have only signed him to a one-year deal. I don't remember offhand. I can look it up. Um, but dude, the Saints, all of a sudden, I guess the Saints had given up a pick to Philly. So now, from Denver, I guess they're getting next year's pick, right? Mm-hmm. It's it's gonna be the Saints get the thirtieth pick. They get they get one this year, I think, or two picks this year, and then one next year. But they already you mean the Sean Payton deal you talking about? Yeah, well, and they already lost. They lost one to Philly. Yeah, that's how Philly has the tenth. Um, I don't know. It'll be. I love draft season. I'm not. I'm kind of not quite there mentally, but with the Senior Bowl going on. It's all happening here. Um, if if Richardson was there at 16, and it's, let's assume it's the same scouting staff, same coaching staff still in charge by the draft in late April, would you be interested in Anthony Richardson at 16, B? No. I, I just think that this team, they can't afford to go get somebody who's that raw. They go get a quarterback. He needs to be somebody that can play now. Because they're still trying to get a lot of butts back in the seats. Who can they pay that's going to get butts in the seats? 
I don't know, but I, 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 know, I know you're not going to go get a, a, a rookie who wasn't very accurate in, in college and get busted in the seats based off of that, especially if you're going to be looking forward to seeing play in the year or two, three years, when half of the coaches that wouldn't be here anymore. I just – I don't think until the ownership stuff is settled, there's a move that gets butts in the seats. I, I honestly think the move that will get butts in the seats is a sale. Yeah. I think I think that ticket office will blow up the day there's a sale. You're probably right about that. Especially, I think, if you get Bezos and Jay-Z and who knows what else, and it brings that level of, like, fame and notoriety. Um, but I, I think regardless if it's Jeff Walker for president buying that team, I think mm-hmm. the ticket sale office will blow up. Landfill, if Richardson is there, the Florida quarterback at 16, you think the commanders should take him? Um, That's hard because I think they're probably going to have a higher draft pick next year. So they could probably be in a situation like they were in 2020 where they have a high pick and could get a guy. Yeah. I I think you roll into this year, and maybe it's not Heineke. I think we all recognize that with Heineke comes this weird adulation from from a percentage of the fan base mm-hmm. that I think could be detrimental to long-term success Sam Howell which is crazy but I I just I think it it, happens sometimes you know and I think that's the ultimate thing about it you gotta look at this thing and realize is it worth it per se and for my I don't know if it is I would put Heineke in the same kind of category at this point despite significantly higher draft position obviously but like Baker Mayfield, Sam Darnold, Jacoby Brissett, like I, I think Heineke's in the same category. May, you want to say he's not as good as those guys? Okay, but like I think he's roughly in that same category. And I mm-hmm. think I think you take somebody else from that category and let Sam ideally beat him out in training camp and be your starter. And I I think it's possible. I think. I think Howell could beat out a lot of these dudes. I, I, But you can't just roll into the season with Howell. Yeah, but the thing about it is, you know, if you're going to draft a first rounder, you damn sure don't want to draft a first rounder that you believe Howell's going to beat out. Right. That would make no sense whatsoever. I agree there. Yeah, that may, I, be, that may be ground to get fired. And, I mean, by what's up, Jeff? I was scratching my leg, but if you want me to weigh in, for sure. Um <laughs> Me personally, I wouldn't go get Anthony Richardson at 16. I'm I'm looking for a stud left tackle that's out there. And I, I, yeah, I, I'm look Jeff, I'm with you because I'd we, go secondary or we keep or talking O-line. about all these other positions. That offense struggles because they don't have a, a very good offensive line. They better put some interest and some investment on that. It's not sexy. But the teams that go and have a lot of success, they have damn good offensive lines. We need to see more of that. Because why have this beat-up offensive line, not good, have a dominant defensive line in practice? They're going to get their asses whipped on offense. That's why they always end up hurt when in the games, because they can't beat the people they got with them. Um, A guy like Paris Johnson, B. 
big tackle out of Ohio State. Could maybe get to 16. Um, who's a big fella from Georgia? Uh, what's the heck's his name? Broderick Jones. Tackle from Georgia. 6'4", 3'10", and he's only a sophomore. It's entirely possible that kid's only 20. Mm-hmm. I mean, take him at 16, he could be there. Tackle is expensive to purchase. Yeah. Like, the dollars on new tackles is, is significant. The Co- Cosme, I think, they need to make a little bit of a commitment to the kid and tell him if he's a tackle or a guard. The I've never seen a, I mean, a tackle hard, rotation. But they, but they, then he gets they had to rotate him because they had other people hurt. But let's be real now. He's played both positions, and he didn't play great, and he gets hurt at either one of them. He better stay healthy. I agree. I agree with you there. I think um, I, I think unless ownership is able to change before the new season starts, Hmm. Like before the new league year starts in March, and 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 you have a real clear idea of what's going to happen, I think the best thing organizationally would be to have a good draft class, but not go crazy. Um, build the old line. Build the line. I think you need secondary help. I, I think there's a lot of spots you got to get better. You want to lead this team better than what you did when you leave it. If you got that D line you have right there, and you can build a. Much better offensive line. I think the new owner coming in would love you. Got to love somebody. Here's what we're going to do. We love Mitch Tischler. He's going to join the program when we return. Tell us why the commander's OC situation isn't as bad as some. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Think. B. Mitch and Fenley, 106.7 The Fan. Buster can go. Uh, speaking of guys that can go, I want to talk to my friend Mitch Tischler, NBC Sports Washington, the Washington Football Talk podcast. Big man joins us on the BetQL guest line. Sports betting has come to Maryland. Don't place that first bet without checking with BetQL. BetQL analyzes every game to find you the most profitable betting opportunities. Get three free days of BetQL access by downloading the BetQL app or visiting BetQL.com. Mitchell, how do you do, buddy? Gentlemen, how are you? I'm doing good. Doing well, man. What's happening, Mitch? Um, Mitch, I wanted to talk about Earlier this morning, I think I saw you and Eric Bickle, EB from the Junks, going back and forth about kind of where this commander's job ranks in relation to all the open offensive coordinator jobs. Um, And we know that the commanders just interviewed Anthony Lynn, and we know that there are nine open coordinator positions in the NFL. Ravens, Titans, Cardinals, Cowboys, Bucks, Commanders, Texans, Colts, and the Panthers. Um... Your contention is this job isn't as bad as some are making it out to be, I believe. Tell us your contention. Yeah, I mean, listen, I get it in D.C. There's a lot of hyperbole around how bad the commander's situation is from ownership on down, and that certainly permeates the the O.C. job. But 
this is not the worst OC opening in the league, and I'm not going to go through and, and rank jobs per se, but in particular, you know, I, I think EB was talking about um, Eric Bieniemy and whether he makes sense or, like, why would Bieniemy ever want to come to D.C.? And to me, I think the, I think the commanders are, can be an intriguing option for a coach that wants to showcase their offensive skills. Now, you can talk about deficiencies on the O-line and, you know, the quarterback situation, but there aren't a whole lot of defensive-minded head coaches. And, you know, we can, we can, we can debate what, what Scott Turner, what leeway he had or didn't have. Talk about the entire, you know, the first four or five weeks of the season. The commanders were throwing the ball 40, 50 times a game. You know, they were running an offense that Scott Turner clearly wanted to run. And it wasn't until things started breaking down that I think there may have been a little, you know, encouragement from the uh, from Ron Rivera and the, and the coaching staff to maybe run the ball a little more and be a little more, um, you know, three yards in a cloud of dust like we saw that offense uh, kind of turn into. And having a defensive-minded, you know, head coach and having, you know, Jack Del Rio, there's no other offensive, no other controlling offensive minds on the Washington staff. And so for a guy like the enemy, Anthony Lynn, you know, these guys who, who have a lot of experience and are maybe looking for a, for a one-stop shop before they get a head coaching opportunity. I think Washington's an intriguing option because you're walking into a relatively blank slate of an offense. And yeah, you can talk about Ron Rivera and Martin uh, Mayhew wanting, wanting to talk about, you know, running the ball, you know, two thirds of the time, whatever. In practicality, we saw what Scott Turner was allowed to do until things broke down. And I have no doubt, especially if they have to pay up for one of these big name guys who might only be here for a year, of course, assuming that ownership signs off on paying for somebody like that, I think it's a great opportunity for them to showcase what they can do. And if they can move that offense from, you know, tw- from you know 25th in the league up to 15th in the league, that's a giant step and a huge feather in their cap for, for – uh, for a guy who fancies himself a play caller. But you say that that team was throwing the ball 47 times a game or whatever, but they were they had lost three of those four games, right? Oh, correct. It wasn't the correct offense to be running, and I think part of it was how they were throwing the ball. I think we, you know, we've discussed plenty of times, uh, you know, some of the seven-step drops, the empty empty looks in the backfield. I think that, that, you know, all those things are part of the fallacy with the way that Scott Turner wanted to throw the ball. But, I mean, we can look at, at Joe Burrow and the, and the Bengals. That Bengals offensive line is not good. And we saw him get beat up by the Chiefs. That was in the AFC Championship game. Joe Burrow and the creativity that Zach Taylor and that team and that coaching staff have put together to create an offense that's successful despite their own line is something that other teams around the league can mimic and look at. But they got to have a Joe Burrow, Mitch. Produce. And I don't think there are a lot of Joe Burrows running not around there. Not enough of them floating so, around. I mean, I think, I think ultimately – the talent that they have outside of offensive line and quarterback is something to be happy about. But most of these guys need to have an offensive line at least or have a unicorn like Joe Burrow to make that crap work. Sure, but what's great about an O-line is you can rebuild that in an offseason. You can rebuild that through free agency tackle. You're probably going to have to go through the draft four because it's probably going to cost too much to get any of the top-tier uh, free agent tackles. But you can rebuild an O-line in an offseason and – my contention, you know, at 16, there are a bunch of names uh, that the commanders should be looking at. I know you guys went through um, a bunch of them. Peter Skronik's another one, the Northwestern tackle. I don't know that either he or Paris Johnson are going to be there at 16, but if you get yourself a, a 
a stalwart left tackle, a guy who you can kind of leave on an island out there, that helps the entire rest of the O-line. And I think that I like a lot of Scott Turner's creativity in theory. I thought that, you know, the, the, the player movement, you know, the pre-snap movement, all that stuff was, was interesting and created matchups. I just think that the practicality of how he implemented that with, you know, the blocking, with the blocking schemes and the long dropbacks, I think, was, was a mistake. And I think that if you have an OC that's a little more creative and understands a little bit more kind of the, the tick-tock that that quarterback's going to be feeling because of the O-line, I think that there's, that there's a usable offense that, that you can put together, especially, you know, Washington hasn't had a brilliant offensive mind, you know, since obviously the group of guys that, that left before. And I know Jay Gruden, folks like Jay Gruden a lot, but not in that same, he was not in that same, you know, atmosphere as the, as the Sean McVeighs and Kyle Shanahan's and, and that whole group that came through here. I think you can look at Eric Bieniemy to me, and I think that given the opportunity to, to look at him as, as the man in charge, the guy, you know, the, the, the whole McGillicuddy on offense, I think he can prove to be on the same level as those guys. And I think his work with Patrick Mahomes and obviously Andy Reid gets a ton of, you know, gets a ton of credit for it. And Mahomes being a superstar helps a lot. But I think you can see the success that he's had on offense. And I think it's something that he can translate here to D.C. So you're all, you're all in on the enemy. You, you think he could be McVeigh, Kyle Shanahan, that, that caliber? I think he's I, I think he's the best option. I guess they haven't brought him in for an interview yet, but he's the best option that's been rumored to be connected to Washington. And then the second part of it is, you know, obviously the enemy has gone and done a ton of head coaching interviews and not gotten, you know, jobs for whatever reason. You know, obviously none of us know what that is, but we know that what we know the, the shaky ground that the entire Washington coaching staff is on right now. You bring in somebody who potentially could step up if he's a great, if he's a good OC this year, potentially step up maybe you found a guy to take over the organization and keep that upward trajectory if 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 he's able to move this offense in the right direction you know in his first year you know like like uh you you've give, put a lot of good things out there but everything is a if so i wonder if the job is if the job really that good because every all these great things got to happen for the success to happen so is this really one of the top jobs or is it one of the bottom jobs there's nine open I think it's appealing to an offensive coordinator because of the uh, free will that they will have to do what they want to do. They're not going to have an offensive but, mind. There's no other offensive minds in the building big that man, are going to step in and, and over overrule a OC. Okay. Yeah, I, you're not wrong about that. But let's just look at other spots where that's still the case. Titans with Vrabel, same situation. We assume the Bucks are keeping Todd Bowles, right? That's what they said. So Tampa's the same situation. Texans now with D'Amico Ryan's, same situation. Um, and I think you could argue John Harbaugh is, is a special teams background. Harbaugh in Baltimore That's should true. let and, Greg and Roman ran his thing, yeah. run his thing. Um, so you've got – you're not wrong that this is a defensive coaching staff and that the, the offensive guy gets to run his offense – Perhaps with some input from Ron. I'd wonder if Scott... See, like, the have, thing, one thing you know, that happened last year... There are other opportunities just like that. The one that happened last year that used to bother me is they would critique the hell out of the offense, not the defense, though. And that would think sure. that we had a better defense and they would have some issues, but they wouldn't say much. 
So that right there shows you that the defensive mindset coaches do dip their nose in offensive business. Outside of the Ravens situation with Lamar Jackson, assuming that they franchise him or get him to a long-term deal, none of those other situations are demonstrably better than the commanders. And I would argue that the commander's skill players might be the best of those, of those four or five teams you mentioned. And yes, the O-line is a problem. We all recognize that the O-line is a problem. Again, it's something that, if they're diligent and willing, is something that they can potentially fix in a season and, and put together. But this receiving core and you know the, the, the group of skill players they have, I would put up against I would put up against any of the rest of those uh, any of the rest of those uh, those groups in including the Ravens. The Ravens just have a quarterback where none of the rest of those teams do. But the thing for me is like I've been I've been gone from this area as far as playing football since ninth since two thousand. And they haven't done that. They haven't. <laughs> but they haven't put built the uh, like, offensive line the in the offseason. You, you said that they, they can get it done. They haven't done it in the last three years. They haven't done it. What makes us think all of a sudden they're gonna change their mind now and say, "Oh yeah, we better build offensive line now"? Because it seemed like an afterthought to them. I think I, I would hope, and I think we we all as fans and media members and folks watching the Commanders know that this offensive line pretty much bottomed out this year. And i yep. got to think that the guys in the building recognize that this thing bottomed out. I think that each year, going back, you know, we can go back six, seven years now, you know, kind of since the, the Trent Williams situation started, you know, coming up, that there were little, you know, threads that, that folks were grabbing onto and hoping that this guy would develop and this guy could step up and be a star and this, that, and the other thing, and, you know, we got a lot of great depth, and the old guys and young guys can work well together. This thing totally bottomed out last year, and you know, you can look across that old line, and you could you could realistically come up with five brand new starters. Now, I don't think they will, but you could realistically come up with five brand new starters. And as a team, they have to recognize that that it bottomed out. If there's not a if there's not a commitment to redoing that offensive line and making it better through the draft, through free agency, through every avenue possible, then it doesn't matter who the OC is that comes in here. If you trot out an offensive line that performs like they did last year, you're going to get similar results on offense. You can't overcome that. And so it, so you have to start with the, with the basic principle that Ron Rivera, Martin Mayhew, you know, Marty Herney, all these guys recognize the O-line bottomed out. That thing needs to be fixed ASAP. They bottomed out for sure. Yeah. Um, how are you, pal? How is everything? Everything's great. Get me a little fired up on a, on a Wednesday afternoon. I like it. Get you mad about some O-line play. Um, you obviously like Bienemy. What are the chances you think Bienemy lands here? Yeah, that's. Uh, I think the uh, the biggest uh, detriment to Bienemy is going to be the ownership situation, the amount of money that he may ask for, and whether you know whether that's whether whether uh, a certain somebody is willing to to dish out that cash. Uh, I don't know who I think is, I don't know who the front runner is that's actually come in for an interview, but I, I give the enemy uh, a one in four shot. I think if we're, we play a hundred chips on the podcast, I gave him 25 chips. I think that's uh that's a, uh, that's about where I'm at with him. All right, big man. We appreciate your right, time, Mitch. dude. Thanks so much, guys. Thank you, All right, that's our guy, Mitch Tischler from the Washington football talk podcast. Grant and Danny coming your way at two o'clock, but we got to make some bets before we go.
I kind of think Landfill dozed off for a second there. Landini, did you doze off for a second there? Unconfirmed. Much like if an alien took over Russell Wilson's body. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> little information, something we mentioned early in the program. Beyonce coming to FedEx Field in mm-hmm. early August. Let's be totally clear. A Beyonce concert trumps a commander's open practice. But the Commanders had been doing these open practices at FedEx Field free to the public. And and I think it's cool to allow fans an NFL experience or a quasi-NFL experience being at an NFL stadium watching an NFL team practice for free. And I know training camp is free and folks can go there. But the barrier to entry to get out to Ashburn versus getting to FedEx Field is is quite different. And you're watching practice in a grass field. It's not the same feel as a stadium. So I like that they have a free option for fans to go Two games, or to a practice. Um, we suggested a few things, B. We suggested going to the Navy Stadium mm-hmm. or going to Audi Field. I had somebody reach out. Navy Stadium off limits for the commanders because the Ravens have a home market area designation for Anne Arundel County. Okay. So that's off the off the table. Um Audi Field, apparently, and, and we should have known this, and we just oversight on our side, on our part. That's soccer season. That's the middle of soccer season. So they may not want... Do they play every day? No, but they might not want 90 NFL players chewing up their grass. They don't go very hard. They ain't going to chew it up that much. Be, I, I'm telling you what some people told me. <laughs> I know I, what you're saying, but I'm just saying, I've, I've watched the practices. They ain't got to worry about that much grass, man. Well, they also have the defenders playing there. They're hosting football games there. They're hosting Howard versus Harvard. Like... They're, they're, Can they go to University of Maryland? I think Maryland's available. Okay. I, yo, I'll call Locks for but you. What I'm saying is, Locks is our guy. If is if it is that vitally important, they will find a way to get it done. B, I don't think they think it's that vitally important. Okay, I I, I believe that. You know, it'd be cool. We we like to go there. I see a lot of fans there. They you know they they come in. Some of them not even much Commanders fans. They just want to go to the event. But ultimately, you know what I care about? When the first kickoff happens in September, when the real season starts, play great then. Sure. We're a long way from there. Because I've left, I've left that same little game you're talking about saying, oh, man, it's going to be a good team here. And then when the season starts, things are moving fast, not the same. Um, I wanted to say this real quick. I went to the Maryland game last night, had a great time. I thought the crowd was great. I really like head coach Kevin Willard out there. Um, even though that kid from Indiana, 23, is it Trace Jordan Smith? Trace Adkins? I think he's a country singer. A kid, 23 in Atlanta, or on Indiana rather, is a player. Um, he is, I think he had 18 points and 18 boards last night. Mm. And, I mean, they played him really well. And he still had 18 points and... 20 boards. Um, but I, I was impressed with the Terps last night. Fun atmosphere. And I didn't think about this. Apparently, I had, I don't think I've been to a basketball game in three years at, in College Park because it was COVID. And then last year, Turgeon quit on that team, and I, I didn't go out there. So it was great to be back. Shout out to the Terps, Terps fans. A lot of people, a lot of people be grabbed me beforehand in Bentleys or during the game, said how much they enjoy the radio show. Mm-hmm. So thank you to everybody listening. Um Trace Jackson Davis is the fellow I was talking about. Let's make some bets, Landfill. 
Hit it, Jeffrey. All right, I've been liking going from worst to first. So we had a major development in this week's Heard It Here First. Major development. Major Let's go. development. JP has kicked off the week 0 and 1 because the Caps only won by one goal last night. Garnet had the first goal. Hey. Landville almost bet on that. Plus 540, you said, Landini? Then. B has fallen from the undefeated ranks. He is now 2-1 and one as Clemson lost. And jumping up in the ranks at 2-1, and one, Mr. Jeff Walker for president, because that parlay did hit. Congratulations. And 2-0, and oh, my man Landfill. And the bet I will be taking tonight is Tennessee minus 5.5 over Florida. Woo! Landfill going back to tennis. Uh, no, I'm taking over two and a half goals in the Manchester United game. Who are they playing? Nottingham yeah. Forest. The Sheriff of Nottingham. Brian, you ready? I am ready. Go ahead. Give me the Nets plus nine in Boston. Yo, and if you're wondering why nobody's picking the Wizards tonight, their game is postponed. They're so not playing. If you were excited to watch the Wiz tonight, blame Mother Nature. Global warming. Somehow it snowed in Texas. Nobody can get out, and the Wizards, I guess, are stuck in Detroit while the Pistons are stuck in Dallas. So no Wiz tonight. Give me Sack. What? Pause. Sacramento <laughs> playing against the Spurs minus seven and a half. You good, bro? <laughs> I think all of y'all are a little weird. But anyway, <laughs> no, nah, you and took it today, bro. And I'm gonna do a, I'm gonna do a uh, parlay. Give me the Memphis Grizzlies minus five and a half. I'm stunned you did a parlay. Just stunned. I didn't do one yesterday. Thank you to all of our guests today. Thank you to Alfred Williams. Thank you to Ben White. Thank you to Mitch Tischler. I don't think we did calls at all today, did we? Nah. No calls today, right? Well, tomorrow. We didn't have enough room, man. Tomorrow will be bleep you Thursday. So we'll have time. And then Fridays, ask me Mitch anything. So we will have time. Oh, you'll find a way. Thank you to everybody that listened. Grant and Danny coming your way next. Made as far. I owe you a DC, bro. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.